Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited that you're joining with us both in person and online. My name is Amanda, and I'm the Youth and Connections Pastor here at Crosspoint, and I am so excited to be up here sharing with you guys this morning. And so if you are looking for any sort of sermon notes, you can head to the crosspointchurch.ca slash notes, and every week our speakers put together notes for you to follow along take more notes, uh, keep track of everything. So you can head there and they will be available for you. So I have to ask the question, with it being cold and dark outside, when was the last time you traveled to a foreign country? Well, for me, thankfully it wasn't that long ago. Back in November, uh, Pastor Delaney and I went tra- traveled to Mexico for a vacation. And even at my most tan, I was still pretty white. And so I have to say it was wonderful to travel with a friend. Um, We both like reading, relaxing, a little bit of adventure in that one photo we were ziplining. But also, we both really enjoyed going to bed at a decent time, which was about 9.30 p.m. It was great. And we were at an all-inclusive resort, which was really nice because almost everyone there spoke English and almost everyone there looked like me, Caucasian. Or maybe just a little bit on the red side because they forgot to use sunscreen, but you know. But I have done traveling where no one looked like me. No one spoke English. And so I was by myself, and it was lonely. But I don't think many of us have to travel across the world to feel alone. For you, maybe you just have to go to a family dinner or go to work. These places places where you feel alienated, different, like you just don't belong. And every time you speak, you're afraid that tomatoes might be thrown at you because you might just say something that's a little bit different and has differing opinions. And I feel like in the last number of years, living in a post-pandemic world, that this is more obvious than before. COVID has done some weird things. And I feel like we live in more tension than we did before worried that the wrong statement might just set the wrong person off. But also during the pandemic, I can only imagine how lonely so many people felt, because I was alone. I was very fortunate enough to purchase my very first little townhouse in December of 2020. However, I lived by myself, and I didn't get my first roommate until June of 2021. And there were many days where I didn't actually speak out loud which was kind of awkward, because when I'd make phone calls, my voice would be all weird like a grade seven boys, and I would quickly try and end the phone call. And yes, I had my cohort, and I had my people around me, and I made Zoom calls and FaceTime appointments and all that sort of stuff, but it didn't get past the fact that I was alone in my home. And during the day, I often wondered why, if so many other people felt like this. 
And for many of us Christians, I think we recognize that this loneliness even more in a post-pandemic, post-church world. We feel like we don't belong in our world. That even though it may have been a world that we've built, a dream job that we've applied for and got, a dream house in the right neighborhood, or maybe just never leaving your hometown where you know everyone, we still feel like foreigners, like outsiders, where everyone stares at you as you walk by. We feel alone, isolated, maybe even fearful. Well, thankfully, the Bible has something to say about this feeling of isolated, alienated, and even maybe abandoned. And over the next few months, as a church, we will be walking through the book of First Peter in a series called Foreigners in a Broken World. And I have to say, I am super excited to start us off. And so let me explain why I love starting us off. It's because I love learning. I love diving into the historical, cultural understanding of what's going on, just like all the really nerdy stuff I love. <laughs> and so for me to start off this series, I was like, yes. And the problem with me making these faces is that my coworkers screenshot them and make memes out of them. So I'm so excited. <laughs> However, there are a few things about 1 Peter that we need to understand before we can dive into it and read it. And in our modern reading, when we open the Bible, we sometimes just read a verse or a small chapter or a small section. We close it, move on for the day. My encouragement to you this morning is to take time this week to read through all of 1 Peter in one go. And the reason that I'm suggesting this is because it's a letter. When you receive a letter, you don't often just read one line at a time and then come back to it the next day. You want, often want to know what it says. The last letter, one of the last letters I received in the mail was from the city of Edmonton. It was about one of my neighbors wants to start their own business. And it wasn't like, dear Amanda, cool, we're going to come back to that. Because it's from the city of Edmonton and the Lord knows what that letter was going to say. However, when you read 1 Peter, it's going to take you probably less than half an hour to sit down and read it. Or if you want to listen to it, it's going to take about 20 minutes to listen to it. The Bible app on your phone has narration. And so someone, there's like multiple different people who have voice recorded themselves reading it. And I encourage you to listen to it. If you find sitting down to read something is really hard, listen to it while you drive to work or when you go for a walk or just in that when you're brushing your teeth, getting ready for the day. Or if you're highly visual like myself, and sometimes it's hard to put words to pictures and get all that together, I'd strongly recommend the Bible Project Overview of First Peter. They do a wonderful job of putting those visual words into pictures so that we can follow along. However, even if you still do that, I would still recommend reading through it. And something we also need to recognize about this format of this letter, um, is the format of it, because format's important. No matter what they say in college, it is actually important. And so today, when we write a letter, we often address the recipient first and sign off our names at the bottom. So if I was writing a letter to you guys, it's Dear Crosspoint, insert some really interesting information about the youth ministry. Sincerely at Pastor Amanda. That's how it would go, right? However, back in the New Testament, the author of the letter would start with his or her name and then who it was addressed to. So if I was living in like 45 AD-ish, my letter would go, Amanda, to the people of Crosspoint Church in Edmonton, Alberta. 
that's, that's how the letter would go. But if we flip open to 1 Peter, we see that it says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, who are elect exiles in the dispersion in Pontinus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And right here in this first verse, we learn that this is a letter from Peter to the elect exiles in Asia Minor. So it was a letter written by Peter. And yes, this is the Apostle Peter, the Peter of the Gospels, the one who walked on water, who is part of the inner three who saw Jesus' transfiguration, who called Jesus the Messiah. But this is also the Peter who denied Jesus three times before dawn. Yet he was still called to care for his sheep. And Peter was close with, with Jesus. He, they did life together for three years. And so I've been at Crosspoint for three years now. And some would say Delaney and I are maybe slightly codependent. That's just what some people say. So imagine if Delaney and I lived like Jesus and Peter. How much more codependent would we be? But that's their relationship. That's the relationship that Peter and Jesus had. They were close. They knew each other. They were tight. And the recipients of this letter were the people in the early church in Roman provinces, which are in modern-day Turkey. And so if we throw up the map, um, as a visual person, it's really nice to understand where these all are. are. So they're just in that modern-day Turkey area. You can see Italy, all of Greece, all that sort of stuff. And so these people were, in, were not just Jewish, but also Gentiles. And so really, Peter here is addressing all of God's people, the church. I also find this location really interesting. They're in modern-day Turkey and written to a group of people who are facing persecution. The early church faced a lot of persecution, especially from their government. And this is when Emperor Nero was in charge. This is when the letter was written. And Nero was a lot a bit crazy. And Peter would eventually die at the hands of Nero. Nero was also the person who blamed the great fire of Rome on the Christians. However, historians actually believe it was Nero who started the fire and was just trying to get that crowd mentality against the Christians. Based on this alone, I do believe the Christians in the early church would be deeply discouraged. They were persecuted, ostracized by their communities, families, were facing verbal abuse, which led to physical abuse. In this region of the world, so many Christians have already faced persecution and continue to face persecution. And I feel like many of us in the room also feel like this, that the world has turned their backs against us, that we can't be who God has designed us to be, and instead we live in fear or sit on the sidelines hoping to not cause a scene hoping that the attention is diverted when, to someone else when the topic of religion is brought up. When we feel lonely in a world full of people, just like our brothers and sisters back in the early church. So let's just take a few moments here to read the entirety of the passage we'll be looking at today. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontinus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. And yes, that's all we're covering today. 
These verses declare that God has chosen you to be set apart. And this is what we'll be diving in today. That God has chosen you to be set apart. And because you are set apart, you are not abandoned. And I know for many of you, the word elect has already caught your attention. And so elect literally means chosen, picked out, set apart. We are chosen people by God, the opposite of abandoned. Based on this word elect in these verses, we are not abandoned. And I recognize this topic of being elect is a heavy topic. And the theology of election has, made, has had people in arguments since the beginning of time, and they will be in arguments until the Lord comes back. And it's made people blue in the face so that they can get their point across. However, when Peter wrote this passage, he meant it to be words of encouragement, words to encourage those in the faith, words of deep love from God that he has taken time to know his people, that he loves them and chooses them. Not to be a theological debate that brings strife, headache, and frustration. Instead, allow this word to be a comfort to you. And if you would like to have a conversation about election, I know Pastor Micah would love to have that with you. But Peter isn't the only one to bring up this idea of being chosen. It's all throughout the New Testament. In 2 Timothy 1.9, it also says, who, have, who saved us and called us to a holy calling? Not because of our works, but, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And in Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And again, the overarching idea here is that God loves us and has chosen to send his son to die for us. These two verses written by the Apostle Peter, uh, 2 Timothy and Ephesians, were meant to be an encouragement to us, that we don't have to worry because God has chosen us and is with us. God has chosen you to be set apart and not abandoned you. And the reality is that our citizenship is not from here, on earth, our citizenship is in heaven, just as it says in Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means while we may feel abandoned, we haven't been. But if we flip back to the Old Testament, there are plenty of stories of this situation. The Israelites were God's chosen people, and today the church is God's chosen people. The Israelites were called to be set apart from the world around them, but on many occasions they wanted to be like the world and because it would be easier to go with it than be set apart. And I think many of us identify with this, that it's easier to go with the flow than to push back and make a statement. But this isn't what God commands of his people. He desires for them to be set apart, to be different from the world around them. Abraham was arguably one of the first exiles, set apart, chosen by God to be different. God commanded him to leave a safe place, his home, to travel to a place where his enemies were Canaan. But God never abandoned Abraham along the way. He was always with him. When the Israelites were exiled to Babylon, and this is a very interesting story, because while they were exiled, God gives them the command to get comfy 
and settle down, that the exiles were going to be there for a little bit. They were in a different world where their views didn't match those around them. And yes, they were exiled because of their actions and sin of idolatry, and God wanted them to learn about dependence on him. Another story that really gets me is the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. He had done all these amazing things for God as a demonstration, but he felt alone, the opposite of chosen, abandoned. He was depressed in a season where he didn't feel close to God. The thing that these stories have in common is a physical exile, which is a large factor. To be physically alone is hard. Even as an introvert, we all have our point where being alone is no longer fun. But this was not a spiritual exile for any of the examples I just mentioned. God was still with them. He was working with them. They were physically displaced, set away from the place where they felt safe, but God was with them. He sent prophets to speak to his people, he listened to his people, and he loved them. Loved them so much that later he sent his son to die for them. Sent Jesus to die on the cross for them and for us. While we may, may be physically displaced, uncomfortable with the world around us, God has not abandoned us. We are elect, chosen to be his people. It doesn't make sense to choose something, then ignore it and leave it alone, like the fiddle leaf fig plant. These plants are incredibly high maintenance. And to, get, to purchase a full-grown one costs you about over $200, which is one of the many reasons why I don't own it, because they are so high maintenance and so expensive. But for many people to purchase this, then ignore it, doesn't make sense. It's not like the cheap little Home Depot plants that I buy on sale for $5, and I'm like, you know, if you die, you die. Like, can't survive in these environments. Sorry, mates. The other thing with these fiddly fig plants that's going around on the internet recently is that you're supposed to shake them. You're literally, once a week, supposed to shake them so that they feel like they're back in the wild. You're telling me that I have to buy a house plant. I have to continually water it, make sure the humidity is correct in my house, even though I can't make it correct for me as a human, living, breathing, actually doing things with my life. And then I have to shake a plant weekly so that it feels like it's alive? It doesn't make sense to buy a fiddle leaf fig plant for over $200 and then just leave it in the corner and be like, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Good luck, mate. We are chosen to be set apart. We are not abandoned like my houseplants that are $5. God is still with us spiritually. We can still pray to him and, he, and reach out to him. He wants the best for us, even in the hard season of, a, of our lives when we feel like foreigners in a broken world. God has chosen you to be set apart and you are ambassadors. Ambassadors are representatives of a place. And we are ambassadors of heaven. 
we have been chosen to represent the work of God. We are called to be ambassadors of the work that is still to be done and the work still to do. I do believe that the word ambassador fully encompasses verse 2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Verse 2 here is full of Trinitarian theology. And this is the theology about how our God is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but one God. And we could spend weeks talking about the Trinity, but we're not going to do that this time around. But instead, I'm going to remind you that we do worship a triune God that is 100% complete and perfect. And if this is something that you don't fully understand and can't grasp, first of all, that's okay. It's a very big and hard concept that even with four years of a bachelor in theology, I still don't fully understand. But if you don't understand, please come talk to me. This is something that I would love to have coffee with you about and talk about so that you can understand. But in the meantime, back in the summer a few months ago, Brendan, our young adults guy, preached on this. And you can find that sermon um, on our YouTube page, the Cross Point Church, Edmonton. Or my other rec recommendation, again, is the Bible Project. Honestly, 10 out of 10. They have a wonderful video on the Trinity that explains it so, so well. But because of this completeness in the Trinity, we are known. And it's not just a, oh, hey, I, I know you. I know you. Yeah, we, like, you know, when you bump into someone in the grocery store and you're like, hi, I don't know where I know you. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not that kind of known. It's a deep personal knowledge where God knows all the hairs on your head, or for some of you, how you lost the hairs on your head. <laughs> he knows your heart's desires. He knows your loneliness. He knows the physical exile that you might be feeling. And the word found in verse 2 is foreknowledge, which is the same as known. And so that's why I'm using the word known instead of foreknowledge. But in Greek, this word known actually means omniscient. And in relation to God, it means he is an all-knowing God. He's not surprised by what happens or when it happens. He doesn't sit back with his popcorn and just, you know, what's going to happen next? What's happening next season in Amanda's life? I don't know, man. This is going to get interesting. No, that's not what he does. He is all-knowing. He knows it all. Because we are known, it means that God knows we can be his ambassadors and do a good job representing him and representing him well. Because of the completeness of the Trinity, because we are his ambassadors, we are also sanctified by the blood of Christ. And to be sanctified means to be set apart for God. This happens when a person commits their life to Christ to be born again. But this isn't a one-time deal. It's a constant process. A daily walk to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Because we are sanctified ambassadors, we live and breathe Christ. We want to represent him in every situation. This isn't a passive work that is being done. It is the full dad mode vacation vibes. You know what I'm talking about. The white socks, the strappy sandals, the cargo shorts that are like 
like kind of long but like weird you know that vibe and the the white shirt with the like weird unbuttoned floral overlay the zinc on the nose the hat when they're on vacation on the beach they're like i got this i got this they are fully out of their comfort zone but they know that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing on vacation but they're like i don't know how but I'm just gonna sit here with my socks and sandals and hopefully not get a tan line. Because we are ambassadors, we won't always be welcomed in places. And the reality for many Christians is that we are not welcomed here on earth. But we can rejoice because our citizenship is in heaven. Still sucks right now. Can't deny that. It's hard. Things get tough. But Jesus warns us of this in John 16, 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may you have peace. In the world you have, will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And then in Matthew 6, 19 to 20, he also says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. That we are not to worry about the earthly things, and instead to worry and focus on the heavenly things. The place we are ambassadors for. The place where we should unashamedly be telling people about. The reason why it's good and why our God is so good. But Amanda, you might be thinking, why would I tell someone about being a believer when the earthly things aren't always great, when life here is hard and sometimes sucks? It's a valid question. And I would say because eternity isn't here on earth. We are finite beings and death is inevitable. And I feel like this has become a very real reality in my life recently. But I know eternity is real and I'd like to spend it with the creator of the universe who has chosen me who knows me, and who desires a relationship with me, who has instilled in me the role of ambassador. And we can look to so many people in the Bible's examples of being ambassadors in places where they're not welcome. We look at Daniel, who was part of the Babylonian exile. He stuck to what he knew, and God honored that. He was a great example of being an ambassador in a place that he was not welcome but I'm sure he occasionally wondered why he had to be part of this specific exile. Look at Elijah again in 1 Kings 19, who was so tired and exhausted from the world that he was living in and serving God, he asked God to die. And God sent an angel to, to him to help him rest, eat, sleep, and become rejuvenated for the next part of his journey. Peter, the author of this letter, had a fair share of problems in his life. But he kept returning to Jesus, and he kept being reminded of God's goodness and faithfulness. Peter is trying to let the people know of know, let the people of Asia Minor know that they that even in this persecution, they are loved by God. They are known by him, and this time they are called to be ambassadors. They are living under a different rule of a different king, King Jesus. And because of this, they will face pushback, persecution, not fitting in with others. 
but God has chosen you to be set apart. This whole series is on being foreigners in a broken world, and Peter knew all about this. He knew the hurts and the pains that Christians in the early church were going through. And and not super surprising, but it feels like the church today is also going through that. Where we feel lonely, left out, ostracized for our choices, and how it happens more frequently with our families, in our workplaces, in school, in the neighborhoods we live in. Maybe just in life in general, we feel lonely and on the outskirts. The really cool thing with this last line of the introduction is that it says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And this is both a Greek greeting, the word grace, and a Jewish greeting, peace, which put together typically meant a common hello. But here in the context of the verse, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit and obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, there is an eschatological fulfillment in the hope of Jesus, meaning that there is hope found in Jesus. And because you have put your hope in him, he has put his hope in you and you are loved for it. That Jesus' grace would be multiplied to you in this time. As I just wrap up, I'm going to invite the band back on stage. In this time of being exiled in a world full of people that are not like us, and a world full of unknown, we are known by the creator of the universe. He desires us to be known by him. He desires us to be full of grace and peace. But the interesting thing is that because we are persecuted as Christians, we can respond differently, showing love and grace in a world that would normally show hate. I'm excited to see where 1 Peter takes us and how we are drawn in closer to him. And that even when we feel like foreigners in a broken world, we are still chosen. So Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing to have a relationship with us in the hard times and in the hard seasons. Father, you are so good, and I'm thankful for that. May we just take time to reflect on your goodness and your faithfulness, even in the hard times and the hard seasons. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.